From WDET, this is StoryCorps Detroit, the podcast that showcases Detroiters interviewing Detroiters. I'm Sasha Ryan. Coming up today on the show... I actually had a very good reputation, but it, let me tell you what it was. My reputation was that I worked like a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I said, no, I actually work like a woman. A machine repair woman talks to her daughter about her career. But first, let me introduce StoryCorps Detroit producer, Laura Herberg. Hey, Laura. Hi, Sasha. So, Laura, it's been a while since StoryCorps Detroit Season 1 aired last summer. And some of our listeners might be joining us for the very first time. So I thought it might be a good idea if we just reminded folks what the show is all about. Yeah, absolutely. So StoryCorps is a national nonprofit that celebrates stories of everyday Americans by allowing people who know and care about each other to interview each other. So the interviews are recorded and filed in the American Folklife Center at the Library of Congress. They're also sometimes broadcast. Our listeners may have heard the StoryCorps segments on WDET Friday mornings during Morning Edition. Those stories come from all across the country. And one way StoryCorps gets those interviews is by bringing a mobile recording booth to different communities. And last summer, StoryCorps brought their mobile booth to the parking lot at the Detroit Institute of Arts. Yeah. And there they recorded more than 100 interviews with more than 250 people. Yeah. And so on this podcast, we bring listeners excerpts from those interviews. Last season, we highlighted 10 StoryCorps interviews in eight episodes. Let's take a moment to listen back to clips from some of those stories. You said something really beautiful. You said, um, my mom is my best, what did you say? Chance of becoming a man. Yeah, tell me why you said that. The the average person wouldn't have had that much nerve. What did I cause, I mean, what would have caused me to do that? Unless it was, I think it was the spirit. My friends over there, they were, man, it's going on. Uh, what's going on? It's a riot, a riot. After a while, instead of it being uh, exciting, it kind of wore on you and you became a little bit nervous because uh, you wanted the shooting to eventually stop. And I heard this voice, and it was a resounding voice that said, you'll meet your wife today in Eastern Market, but you need to go now. I did not want to cry. <laughs> For the record, those are tears of joy. Um, and if that clip piqued your interest or any of the others, you can hear the full episodes that they were selected from by listening to the first eight episodes of this podcast, StoryCorps Detroit. Yeah, well, those might have been tears of joy, but you know, there's, there's some weepers in there. It's true. But hearing them makes me excited for the next story, Laura. Should we do this? Let's do it. So last summer, Detroiter Carlina Murdy interviewed her daughter, Holly Gist Richer. In this excerpt, Holly talks about how she ended up as one of the first machine repair women at a Detroit auto parts factory in the 1970s. Let's listen. Let me set the scene, though. This plant I worked at, our yeah. factory, was called Hydromatic Willow Run, and it was a transmission plant. So we manufactured transmission parts, and manufacturing means you make them from scrap. So we take a piece of metal, cut it, machine it, turn it into parts that make a transmission. And were you on the assembly line? Yeah, we hi- I hired it on the assembly line. But I'm no dummy. I saw these guys who had jobs where they cooked and they read books, and I said, what kind of job is that? And the people told me, they said, oh, we're machine repairmen. I said, well, how do you get that job? So they said, well, you have to go through an apprenticeship, You blah, blah, blah. So I checked it out, and I went and applied for what's called an apprenticeship. Do you know what that is, apprenticeship? I think so. Okay. 
What is it? Tell me anyways. (laughs) It's a four-year program or commitment. And so for four years, you go to school. And for the same four years, you work on the job training. So you learn everything about, and I was a machine repairman. So there's different jobs. Like you can be an electrician journeyman. You can be Mm -hmm. a toolmaker journeyman, a pipe fitter journeyman. So I became what's called a machine repair journeyman. But there were no women in that trade. I was the first woman. So... So what was that like? It was unbelievable. <laughs> For every bad person, though, it was probably a good person, too, you know, a nicer person. But overall, it was more like a mob mentality rule. So if the guys were all picking on me or something, they all kind of joined in and stuff. And they would say stuff like, you wanted a man's job? This is a man's world. And I would say, yeah, but men and women have worked together in offices for many years or worked together in other workplaces and they're not treated like this. So why do you think that it's okay to treat me like this? You know, but they just seem to think I was taking a man's job. I got accused of that a lot, that I'm taking Mm -hmm. a job away from a man who has a family. And why would I do that, you know? How long did you do that job for? A lot. Well, um, the actual uh, skilled trades job, I only did till about 1985. I started my apprenticeship in 1976, Got my journeyman card in 1980, and then I stayed there till like 1986. And then I actually got involved with the union in training and education, and then I became a union um, representative. But how did that happen? Like, how did you transition to that? It was kind of interesting because the, the guys that I worked with, they were all men. They had to pick somebody to develop training for our trade. There was a new union um, amendment or something that said that we were going to put money away to train people for their work. So the money was going to go to help do that. So they had to pick people to do the training. They wanted it done by union members. So out of, I was still the only woman, but they said because I was so good at the schoolwork, they selected me to represent them at our at training. So they sent me off to, back then it was called GMU, General Motors University in Flint. And they sent me there, and I took training on how to write training programs and classes and things like that. So I came back, and then I actually developed training for our trade. Did it feel good to like have them nominate you? It did. It actually did. I was I was kind of proud of it. So it did feel good. Some people didn't like it, but like I said, the majority of people that it did feel good because I had earned my reputation. I actually had a very good reputation, but it, let me tell you what it was. My reputation was that I worked like a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I said, no, I actually work like a woman. But they, they all said, well, she works like a man. She holds her weight. She does it. Because I did. I tried to do everything myself, and I'm a big girl, so I was able to manage a lot of that. That was former machine repair woman Carlina Murdy speaking with her daughter, Holly Gist Richer. The interview was recorded by StoryCorps at the Detroit Institute of Arts and produced by WDET intern Brandon Woods. So, Laura, let's pull back the curtain a little bit. What does it mean that Brandon produced this interview? So, as I said earlier, StoryCorps recorded more than 100 interviews at the DIA last summer. So when the StoryCorps Detroit interns come in, I give them a massive spreadsheet that kind of summarizes the interviews, and I let them pick what they gravitate toward. So I asked Brandon why he picked this interview featuring Carlina Murdy's story, and this is what he had to say about her. In high school, she wasn't necessarily looking to go to college. And even after going to college, she came back and started working on motorcycles and getting more interested in working with her hands and found labor and continued with that pretty much for the rest of her life. Um, That was kind of a story I don't, I personally haven't heard a lot. It's interesting, too, because I think of it 
also as a, a very Detroit story, these industrial stories and how many untold stories of women in industry there must be here in Detroit. I really enjoyed hearing it. We don't hear this story so often, considering how many stories like this we must have here. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I, I have never heard a story like this, and I'm sure that it's not as rare as we think it might be. Well, Laura, thanks so much for bringing us this piece today. Absolutely. My pleasure. That'll do it for this episode of StoryCorps Detroit. This podcast is a production of 1019 FM WDET. Today's story was produced by Brandon Woods. The episode was produced by Laura Herberg and mixed by Brandon Woods. You heard music from Detroit's own Eddie Logics. Our theme music is by Will Sessions. If you want to make sure that you hear the next episode, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. While there, let us know what you think by leaving a review. We'll take the feedback to heart. Plus, just leaving a review will help more people find these Detroit stories. I'm Sasha Ryan. Thanks for joining us. We'll have more next week. Next time on StoryCorps Detroit. I had an angiogram, and the surgeons basically said that the heart disease was uh, advanced and basically told me to go home and um, uh, put my affairs in order and spend time with my family. Um, chances are that I wouldn't see Christmas. Find out how one man ignores his doctors and fights for surgery that will save his own life. Next week on StoryCorps Detroit.